Hey everyone, welcome to Tom's Tips Podcast, your place for obscure movie references, cat facts, and everything MagHub related. And now your host, MagHub product manager, Tom Bellin. Hello everybody and welcome to Tom's Tips Podcast 10.10 edition. I'm your host, Todd Bellin, product manager for Aislane, and joined by always our marketing guru, Zach Gilbert. Zach, say hello to everyone, please. Hello, everyone. Oh, now he listens to me. So I will say this is our second attempt to do this. Uh, we had a great podcast going, and then technology got the better of us. So... Um, Welcome to the second take. I hope it's as good as the first. And we were in the midst of a very interesting Christmas conversation uh, before the whole thing crashed. And really what it came down to is we are transitioning. I mean, we're in the middle of fall. We just got Halloween passed. And now we are moving to uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And it's about what is the socially acceptable time to start your Christmas decorations and music listening. And I was saying that my wife, Maggie, used to listen to Christmas carols all the time, but her friends put a kibosh on it and said, you can only start listening to it, uh, I think, in November 1st. And, Zach, as we were discussing, it seems like you also have have a rule in place on your Christmas decoration abilities. I do. I do. My uh, my wife will not... Uh it's not she won't she she would but she prefers that i do not put up any decorations until after november 3rd her birthday so that is my gift to her every year it is the cheapest gift ever is i just have to wait until like 1201 a.m on november 4th and uh yeah that's when i have to put my decorations up now, as I think about this a little bit more, was there like a situation where you put them up in like January or sorry, July or something where then she had to put this rule in place? Like when did she realize I need to ask for this gift? Yeah, I think uh, there's probably been it was probably during one of the earlier years of her and I dating that I probably wanted to put it up in October, probably at some time. I never had Halloween decorations. Um I lived in the countryside. We did not have, I mean, the nearest neighbors were like five miles away on a gravel road. Like there was no trick or treaters coming to our house. If there was that, I mean, that'd just be insanity to me. So we've never had Halloween decorations my entire life. We've always had Christmas decorations. So for me, you know, I always put those up earlier. Christmas decorations are a huge investment. So I always like to get my investment out and put them up longer. And then also the last kind of thing is we always go to family members' houses for Thanksgiving. So that's why we don't have Thanksgiving decorations because we go places. But we do always have Christmas parties and we like to have people over at our house for Christmas. So for us, I mean, logistically, it just made more sense this way. Uh, so she compromised because she her family doesn't put up Thanksgiving decorations or Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving. Interesting. And I assume that my invitation's in the mail for Absolutely. that Christmas party. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just want to, obviously, mm-hmm. in that particular case. Yeah, so I, I don't know. We, uh, my, my wife has a tradition where I think it's around Thanksgiving, we go to a local tree farm. We all go out there with the cart. You bring a saw, you nice. know, very much, um, what's that, uh, Christmas vacation mm-hmm. style. You know, get in a tree with a lot of sap cut it down and and bring it there and then that's when they do the initial decoration of the real tree at her parents house and we do that get food and then i have to go down to the basement and i drag up the artificial tree Mm -hmm. 
because we have one of those. I don't know if you have a stance on that, artificial versus natural, if you're like, has to be. Well, I have artificial. That looks real. That, that, that looks real. Well, thank okay. you. Well, again, thank you. I just want to be. I just want to be clear here, everyone, that Zach on a podcast is referencing his screen share that we have going on. So yeah. to explain the situation, his hand was moving up and down in the call, referencing this tree. Yes. So yes. there, you know, so he has a tree. We we have. Do you get like a real tree though? No, we have multiple uh, artificial trees. Uh, just because you know, I, I don't know they worked for us so there was really no reason why that is um we had real trees when i was a child because we lived on a pine tree farm so it made sense that i would have them uh but yes here we've always had fake um also we live in like a apartment slash condo association they would not allow us to have real ones to, to dispose of them so that's why i have fake ones we have two fake ones quite large ones two fake well, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So we have the one. It is much easier to get it out there, even though I never, every year I'm too lazy when I put it away and I don't organize it. And then I open it. I'm like, man, this year I got to put it away more yes. organized. But the thing is, I also kind of like mixing and matching it. So then it looks more like a real tree instead of a perfect tree. So every once in a while there's a branch. It's too long because I grabbed the one that should have been a few rows below. Oh. And so it makes it more, you know. Oh. Yeah, ours are our our artificial trees are not like that. They basically are like two segments. You put them in together, yeah. and all the pre lit and are like that. The branches are already pre fluffed. We don't do anything. It's, no, I got no. we got a gift from someone else, and it's like a whole. It's a it's a it's a chore to get that thing up and running, <laughs> but it looks good. Okay, so it looks good. That's all but nice. you know what looks even better? The MagHub ten point ten release. That's great. That was a much better transition than our first really, attempt. By really the way, good. but. But anyway, um, yeah, so there is nothing artificial about 10.10. It is exciting because uh, this is 10.10. I mean, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is also our penultimate release before um, we get to 10.11, which we're scheduling for December. And then we're going to the 11.0. And if anyone knows in the company, I'm a big Spinal Tap fan. So there's probably going to be so many Spinal Tap jokes in the 11 release notes just prepare yourself so if you if you want to get my release note jokes in a few months watch spinal tap otherwise you'll just miss the whole you you'll miss everything mm-hmm. all the all the changes will be documented in spinal tap references so you won't even be able to understand it unless you've watched spinal tap uh, but it is an exciting release so there's a ton of stuff in here uh this is also a release where you know we've been working with customers we've done this promotion at the end of the year where it's hey look if you really if you really want motivated to get a feature in before the end of the year we'll work with you and discounting some of our fees to get that done Um, again most all of our development work is based on the total number of requests we get to do something and what we view as strategic for our project Uh, and but there are times where people say hey we would really like to have this in here sooner rather than later so we work with them and there sometimes is a cost to do that to promote it and then we have back and forth with them on how we scope it out. And we do our custom dev projects to make sure it's delivered as expected. Um, so thank you to all the customers who really helped to bolster parts of this release. And, um, you know, it was great working with them to make sure that we're building it to their desired scope. Uh, so with that, uh, one of probably, I think, the more popular features, especially for us internally that's in this release, is the ultimate power mega Saurus user. That's what I wanted to call it, but we just called it Switch Users. Mm. I think that was a mistake. I think the marketing guru guru would agree. What this Switch User does is it's a new permission. If you have to give it to yourself, we would expect that only 
like one, maybe two people at a company would have this. And so just thinking about it as your sales rep or somebody's having an issue and they can't figure it out or they want you to look at something, um, you can actually switch to them. You'll be logged in as them. You'll have the same permission, same the exact same view as them and be able to make a change for them or do something. Or maybe get someone's out on vacation and you need to pick up their tickets. You could just switch to that person to help with that. Um, all of our support users now, too, automatically have that built in. So a lot of times if you put in a support ticket, you'd be like, can you send us a screenshot? What page? Or, you, you know, what we didn't like is people would send us their passwords to look at it. We can quickly switch to you and provide better support with it. So I think it'll help, obviously, not only our customers who have like that power user, but also I think it'll really help our support team provide better uh, support That's so to cool. your team. Yeah. Oh, look at that. So another one that I think will be cool, or more than Zach because he loves HubSpot, is um, we did expand our HubSpot integration a bit too, where now, um, and actually it's it's a marriage of Zach's love and my love. Uh, my love is the data warehouse and data, building reports off of all that data. And so now what you can do is you can actually pull in some campaign stats directly into your data warehouse. So you can combine that with all your other data. Um, and we've actually done this before with Pendo, which is a tool that we use. So we can combine our users' Pendo information, which is site usage with their customer names and usage. And now we can actually tie into our HubSpot campaigns. So it's, again, MetaBase or our data warehouse is kind of that core. And you can build custom reports off of multiple platforms. And we're looking into other ways to do this with other third-party softwares that people use. I know a big one we talk about now is Google. So we have our Google Ad Manager integration. So what could we pull in for your Google account that could be mapped with your customer data? I love data. So that's in there as well. Um, there's also a change that is here to help with customer notifications. So before, we kind of had a more of a blunt object on who could receive additional emails. So it was either you receive all artwork emails or you don't. Um, but as we know, customers have more specific products and you know who is responsible for a print item is different from a digital. You can now separate it at that level and also to the publication level. So if you have a contact that needs to receive invoices for certain brands, then they can be CC'd on all that. Or if you need someone who needs to be CC'd on all uh, digital media for certain brands. You can do that as well. And we can also now um, trigger annotation emails to anyone in the system. So if someone makes a uh, notice on a proof request and you want to make sure you witness it, see that, um, that is in there too. So that's very exciting. Mm -hmm. And uh, along with that, um, again, in the reporting realm, we've made some changes to some of our core reports, the consolidated snapshot sales report to now a export only what's in your display fields. We've added some other filters there. Again, um, what we're trying to do is reduce the number of our reports and really beef up our core ones. So the consolidated snapshot sales and now the new updated product year over year should have all the data you need in one spot. We understand there may be a filter or two or something that is missing from maybe some of the more specific reports, and we'll try and address those as best we can. But hope, but we have seen that users have been moving over to these other reports, which have a lot more capabilities and functionality. And again, our our plan is to once we get to those reports, that's that high level, and we have much lower usage on those other reports. We're going to deprecate those. So I think that'll help just for navigation purposes and you'll just have overall a better reporting 
experience. Um, so that's all very exciting as well. Uh, and if you're into the projects world, which I know that um, Zach, you may notice some of this stuff now, is in the projects section, um, we've improved on our discussion notifications. So when you're a vendor or a contact working on a project, or you're inside the system and you're leveraging our discussion tool, you'll actually get more alerts that there's a new discussion to review instead of having to click in to see if there's in there. So just some usability things on the projects, making those uh, more beefed up. Uh, we have some other things that we want to do. Again, continuing on the projects and the service type work that, that we do. We notice more of our customers are taking advantage of. So we've revamped that stuff a little bit as well. And those are some of the biggest items, obviously, in the the release. And there were a lot. Um, I probably missed something that was really amazing, and I forgot about it. But that release is just behind us, and I'm already having to plan for the next one. Um, and we have some other exciting customer-driven changes to be in place. So I don't know, Zach. Of, of all those, what is your what is your favorite? That's a good question. Uh, <clears throat> well, I would probably say the discussions in the project stuff, just because I get to use it quite a bit. Uh, downside is though is that requires Jeremy often my project manager actually respond to my stuff so that doesn't really work for me at all you know Ooh, there's, there's that burn. there's also no Giphy integration with the project discussions yet so I'm really waiting for that one so I can send Giphy's during my uh, professional business time um, you know just saying and then uh, but I would I would say I think the coolest thing is the switch user functionality I think or Megala Soros whatever you want to call it I think that part's really cool I think that the screenshot thing I often had to deal with with setting up email campaigns and work automation workflows with clients where they would look for one thing and they couldn't find it or something like that and I'd like to be able to see inside their account. So I think that's that's a really cool, really cool feature that I think people will find a lot of use for and will definitely get a lot of help with. Yeah, I think that hopefully again, I mean, not to be yeah, you know, too much, I think uh, for it works in two ways for our support team. One uh, obviously, they can switch in there, and two. Hopefully, it means that they'll get fewer tickets because the because a lot of the support tickets we get actually are from just a handful of the users at the account. Mm -hmm. So basically, what I hear experience is someone has a problem with the site, they go talk to whoever the super mag up users their company is, yell at them, and then if they need to, they send a support ticket to us. So that might actually help some internal back and forth. Because um, a lot of times we do get tickets that are very process specific and we don't have the <laughs> inside knowledge of all the processes that people set up. So I think that'll help uh, internally for a lot of people's day-to-day -day jobs to be improved because they should it should help them solve some of their own problems. So, you know, I get, you know, a little uh, less work for the support team. So the support team is going to be free to do all kinds of fun, crazy stuff that uh, they haven't had time to do before. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what people do. You know what I'm going to do, though, uh, tonight, I'm very excited about, is I haven't been to any type of performance concert in, I don't know, 75 years. Mix of kids and COVID stuff. But tonight, I get to go see one of my favorite comedians uh, at Fox Theater in Detroit, Bill Burr. Uh, so I don't know if you're a Bill Burr fan, uh, Zach, or even know who that is. I do. He was in The Mandalorian. Well, that's that's why you know who he is. You know I, I him knew from about the him before that. He was also in New Girl. Uh, so. Oh my god! So I'm just so saying. you've never heard his comedy. I, I have heard some of his comedies, and I've seen some of his uh, interviews when he's like on Conan and Jimmy Fallon. So I've yeah. seen a little bit. I have never sat down and just watched a full one of his com comedy skits, though. No, you are 
I don't, just not a good person. I don't like comedians. Though. Well, mm. well, so the reason I, I really like him, I, I find him. Uh, so it's actually there's a few reasons, but it's interesting too as a comedian of somewhat similar ages. Is I've noticed him as he's kind of grown up and like his routine uh, fits to my life there's another person i really like um Berbiglia, mm-hmm. who his comedy routines are a little bit different and um it talks about like different phases in his life like one is about how the whole thing is about how it led to him not never wanting to be married to him getting married and i think actually mike Berbiglia was the last comedy series i saw and the one we saw was about him never wanting to have kids and how it ended up with him having kids and this was right at the same time i was having first kids so it's almost like i'm growing up with the Bill Bird. He was a situation similar, didn't want to get married. Now he's married and the different stuff. Um, and another thing I'll share with you, because I know you're a baking person. So if you haven't watched it, is there is a Bill Burr Bakes a Pie, because he's also a baker. Mm-hmm. And it's him talking about how to bake a pie. And uh, I think it'd be very similar to if I were to make a tutorial on baking. So if you haven't watched it, I recommend Bill Burr Baking a Pie. I thought you were going to spoil a Great British Bake Off episode that airs today, and I would have been very upset. Oh, gee, why? If he, is he on it? No, I would never do that. I'm not a, I'm no, not a not monster. No, not that part. Just in general, the baking comment. I was just, I was just no, waiting I, to hear who gets voted off, and I've been very good about not going on Instagram. I, I work during the day, unlike marketing people, so I can't go and watch TV and check Instagram or TikTok or MySpace or whatever it is you people do. I'm busy doing very important work. Um, but anyway, I'm excited to see Bill Burr. So if you don't like comedy series, have you, is there any comedian you like stand-up ever? Uh, or you just don't enjoy fun? Yeah. I, no, I actually... I, thanks for that. that a nice little jab, jab there. No, I actually, I do like um, UK-based uh, stand-up comedians. So Ashling Bay. Um, oh my gosh, who else? Uh, obviously, Noel Fielding. Um Richard Iote, when he does stand-up, was cool. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of, like, uh, the annual quiz show, I think is what it's something. It's, like, something the greatest uh, quiz show ever. And anyone that has not watched it, it is hilarious. It is such great content. Um, but Ashling Bay, I think, is probably one of my favorite stand-up comedians. I think she's she's wonderful. It's not so, Ashley. Okay, that's fine. So, actually, so like, I, I had a dream as a child. I did stand-up. <laughs> Or I didn't stand up. I did like improv a little bit with people who actually became somewhat like we're on 30 Rock. So, you know, with stars and I was doing it in college for a little bit, but then I quit because I had anxiety problems. But anyway, I did improv. I always thought about doing stand up. The original stand up special that I thought was great. And it is someone from the UK since, you know, you love that place is um, Eddie Izzard back in the 90s. Dressed to Kill was probably one of the best stand up. And I definitely took a lot of my comedy timing from that special okay he doesn't do as much stuff now but if you haven't watched dress to kill i think it's one of the best stand-ups ever and one of the reasons because it talks so much about how facial expression and you know just um that is so important to it uh, because there's at one point where he comes on to do an encore and he basically redoes a joke that he did earlier but he does it all in french because he has to do french shows and stuff and he does the same thing and it's even funnier, almost. And you have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> and he kind of breaks the fourth wall sometimes when he does it. So anyway, if you, you know, not again, I would watch Dress to Kill. It's uh, it's fantastic. Um, but related to Bill Burr, since we have to have a trivia question, mm-hmm. and you did mention some of the things he was in, is what was the first film that Bill Burr ever made an appearance? And it was a very small role, 
very small role, but it was his first actual film. It was in 2001. I don't really have any other things to it. Um, you know, so really all you have to do is Google this and then reply your answer to at Mac up at the end, and then you get a prize. So Bill Burr's first credited film role. There was a TV film role where he's credited as being himself. That doesn't count um, because it was like a documentary, but whatever that part was. And um, so, yeah, if you get that, do there. And again, watch his baking a pie. It's great timing because obviously Bill Burr's funny. And for Thanksgiving, like, you probably need to bake a pie. Someone has to make a pumpkin pie. And as someone who is a baker, one, I don't like to make pumpkin pies because, frankly, it's too easy. I'm too good. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, for those of you who are out there and are going to buy a pumpkin pie, shame on you. Watch it. Learn how to make a pie dough. That's what it's about. You can do it. Make your own pumpkin pie. The filling is extremely easy. You can roast your own sugar pumpkins, by the way. You don't have to buy pumpkin. You can, you can just get a sugar pumpkin that's different than a jack-o'-lantern pumpkin. It's different, smaller. You can roast it. Make a homemade pumpkin pie. And if you do that, you should also send that at MagHub. You know, bake it a pie. Send us your Thanksgiving pies. Make a pie. You can do pecan pie, too. Also easy. Still requires a pie dough. Mm-hmm. Just make the pie dough. Pecan pie, it's basically just pecans and you pour in some some goo just that's what that's what i ask is you make a pie that's nice can you make a pie are you gonna make a pie or are you just gonna i am my wife and i are gonna make uh, apple pie a pecan pie and a pumpkin pie so yeah so okay there you go are you gonna make your own pie dough we do make our own pie dough it is a family tradition of emily's grandmother okay so i and if and if people have suggestions you know i i try to bake different things depending on if someone has suggestions on what tom should bake for thanksgiving please also send that at mag just blow up our twitter i want to know what you want to challenge me to bake i'll share with it i get bored um you know i was making some gingerbread the other day some more like french style gingerbread for my daycare teachers because they're the greatest people in the world and saved my life um and like everyone's like oh just bake your cookies and i no i want to be challenged okay i made a i made a lemon bars with not like lemon bars like most people do it where they just bake the whole thing Mm -hmm. you know you had to make the shortbread then i had to make a meringue then i did a lemon curd you know so challenge me people challenge me um in the baking world and we'll share that stuff with you um, so very excited about that. But um, real quick, because I know the only thing people care about here is cat trivia or cat facts. Cat facts. So I have to get that in. It's legally, if I don't, I get fired. Yep. Um, and so I'll somewhat relate this to Halloween. We've talked about this before. The black cat. I have a black cat. Uh, we adopted part of the reason because people don't adopt black cats uh, because they're viewed as bad and evil. And I was trying to do some research. It's not really clear why. There's a lot of different stories of it. But in doing that, I did find out that there is a very famous, the original cat hater, apparently, was Pope Gregory IX, who in 1232 AD, that was the first time they officially, the church document that condemns the black cat as being an incarnation of Satan. (laughs) Yeah, so that Pope really hated the black cat. I wonder what it did. I mean, I get it. Like, I think that my cat Bentley should be condemned by the church Mm -hmm. as an incarnation of Satan. Um, George, my black cat's totally fine. So I think that we need, I'm, I'm about to call the Pope and talk to him about it um, and see that is. But, you know, so I, you know, there's a bunch of myths of why the black cat is considered bad, but the Pope really did not like black cats for whatever reason. So, interesting. I know. 
I know it's you know the things the things that cats do to us and all that stuff. So you know before we get going, I don't know if there's anything you want to plug. Uh, you know Zach, anything you got going on? Are you doing anything cool soon? Uh, I am taking a train to go see my brother in Seattle uh, for Thanksgiving. So my wife and I are going to do that, which will be interesting. Um, I think I think that's pretty much it. It's it's pretty low key over here until next year and such. Well, so yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty calm. What about Thanksgiving for you, Tom? What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Besides well, it's actually some... Well, we'll see if someone challenged me. It's actually somewhat of an issue thing. So a lot of times um, Thanksgiving has been at my wife's family's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done that for a lot of the last few years. But my mom... And I don't remember the last time we did Thanksgiving anywhere in my house. She wants to host it this year. Cool. So we'll be going to her house to do it. She's uh, setting up a play area for my boys to run around. So there's a lot more space there. But, you know... Um, there is somewhat, Ooh, there's this battle though that happens in here. And I don't know if you deal with this family stuff. So, um, the, to make your own food or to not, and for whatever reason, it's getting to the point of, uh, my, my mother-in-law and my mother both are of the purchase of just buying the stuff, which I get. They've probably been making Thanksgiving dinner for so long and it's like, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that battle. So we are going to, I think, get a lot of it from a, a local, uh, place local restaurant but i demand that i will do all the cooking because they're gonna get you know they're gonna buy a pumpkin pie which again upsets me obviously sure. um when you have when you have someone as talented as me mm-hmm. to not release the kraken it's just insanity so yeah I, I have to think of some things to bake it will be different and so that's the plan for thanksgiving and then watch the lions lose of course tradition tradition yeah. tradition like any other lions are terrible at football mm-hmm. and i enjoy that that's fair. So, yeah, that's it. But, you know, uh, I think the next time we'll talk or do this podcast will be after Thanksgiving so we can talk about all the delicious baked things we did and then get ready for end of the year. So thank you all for listening and have a great rest of your day.